It is bowl season of the 2023 college football season. This is the We Hate Your Team podcast, a proud member of the VSN Collegiate Network. I'm Kelly Ford, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Zach King. Kinger, how are we doing this bowl season? We're doing great, Kelly. Coming off the calm before the storm, no college football this previous weekend, and you said we're getting ready for a ton of games over the next three weeks, all capped off with the college football playoff and national championship on New Year's Eve. You know, there's some great matchups ahead this weekend. The chaos is going to start. A lot of football to be watched over these next couple of weeks, and we're just strapping in and getting ready for it. King are just coming out of the gate here with a straight, bold face lie, saying no college football games this past weekend. King, did you not watch Army-Navy, my man? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what the hell am I thinking, dude? I sat at the bar and watched that game all that Saturday afternoon. <laughs> that just shows you where my brain is, Kelly. It was a long weekend in New York City. I will say that was the Saturday afternoon was my only opportunity to watch sports this previous weekend. But, yeah, that's just disrespectful to the troops right there. I deserve to be slapped on the wrist for that. Well, Kinger, another bold-faced lie right off the gate. You said that was the only chance to watch sports. Did you not watch the Packers game in person on Monday night? Okay, I guess I did that too. So I, I, my brain's clearly not firing here. What a start to this episode here for me. <laughs> what is going on here, folks? You know it is going to be a fun episode of We Hate Your Team. Kinger just coming out. All right, King, let's hit reset here. We're talking bowl season, and let's just break it down for everybody how we're going to do this thing. So um, it's a little bit different this year as we try to navigate what bowl season looks like when Christmas holiday falls is affecting some of this as well. So we've got 11 bowl games here that we're looking to do this first week. Next week, King, we will come at you all with 21 bowl games. We are going to have a jam-packed episode. It should be a lot of fun. We have to get through all 21, though, King, because the week after that, that is when we will have our regular season Pick'em champion joining us. You can find him on X at Trek. Tonics. His uh, his username or his profile is Surf Trek Tonics. Uh, he is the one that won our regular season pick'em competition. His name is Jay. We are trying to figure out timing to uh, to get that episode recorded because he actually lives in Hawaii. King, I'm in the Eastern Time Zone. You're in Central. We've had guests on all the way out in the West Coast, so we've managed this time zone difference before. But goodness, man, it's five hours difference from the East Coast to Hawaii. We're going to get Jay locked down. It's going to be good. But King, does that sound good to you for what we're doing? 11 this week, 21 next week. And then with Jay, I didn't even say it. We'll have 10 bowl games. We'll have four non-CFP New Year's Six. We'll have four uh, New Year's Six that aren't CFP. And then we'll, of course, have the two CFP games we got to break down. So a little bit more of a normal episode that we're going to have with Jay here in a few weeks. But you ready for this haul, man? Yeah, time to lock in. It's going to be a grind. But this is it, man. We have to enjoy it. It's the end of the college football season. There's only a few more weeks left of it, and we got to take full advantage of it, ready to dive in these games and hopefully win some money on the betting uh, aspect as we, as we wind down the year. No doubt, King. And, yeah, I saw some books or people posting about, just this past week, about 2024 regular season win totals. The one that I saw for certain was Colorado. I think maybe there were a couple more posted. I have no idea how a book can put out a number with any sort of confidence. I understand people are just going to bet it. And okay, maybe they're putting the limit like $100, I think. So maybe they're not worried about it. They're just trying to generate interest and get people betting college football at their book. I, I don't know. But King, I have no idea how people are trying to put out 
projected win totals and over-unders for teams in 2024. we got 2,000 student-athletes in the portal right now. You're telling me you know where all those guys are going to go? You know where coaches are going to land throughout this cycle? It's just ridiculous, King. So I had to get that in for the 2024 uh, before we dive into 23. Any thoughts on that, King, or what's going on uh, beyond bowl season? Well, I hadn't seen that, and you're absolutely right, Kelly. I don't understand how there'd be any sort of logical method to being able to determine win projections this early in the year. We're just starting to see some of these big names you know, commit to some of these schools. There's been constant changes to the transfer portal here over these last couple of weeks, and things really aren't going to be solidified until mid-February after signing day at this point. So that doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense to me, but hey, it's Vegas. They definitely got an angle that we don't know about. No doubt. And King, I would go as far as to say things aren't going to be solidified till, I mean, the summer. I mean, there's another window after spring ball and the, the volume of student athletes that go in the portal at that time certainly will not match the, the volume that are in there right now. But that's why I do multiple versions of the preseason ratings. I'll hit you guys with one maybe in March or April. Uh, I'll hit you guys with one again then after spring ball there in, you know, May or June probably do a July update and then the final preseason ratings, the official ratings released uh, not until August because uh, student athletes bounce around and don't find a home sometimes until classes have started and, and you got to get enrolled to be academically eligible. So all of that coming, but first King, we've got 11 games to hit on tonight. This will take us through next Friday. That would be December, as I look it up, December 22nd. So we will do on today's episode, the Bulls from December 16th through December 22nd. I have to go a little bit farther into next week than we typically would like to, but that's just because we have so many to touch on um, the week next week. So, King, the first game we're going to look at here, it is the Myrtle Peach Bowl. Excuse me, the, Myr the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, we've got Ohio and Georgia Southern King. Let's just do this. Who do you like? How many confidence points? And then anything you want to share about this game? Uh, I know we're going to free flow a little bit here until we get to some of the bigger bowls in a couple weeks. Yeah, I got two bets placed, though, Kelly, this week, and, and we're going to just start out hot right here. I took Georgia, Georgia Southern minus three in this one. I like them for 21 confidence or for 21 confidence points. Felt weird just saying that after one to 10 all season long. But I think this is a good spot for Georgia Southern. Ohio had a good year. They're solid offensively by max standards, but the transfer portal has really hit them hard. No starting quarterback, Curtis Rourke, who really did not regain his form from 2022. They're down their top two running backs and their top wide receiver. The Georgia's Southern defense is not very good, but I really just don't know that Ohio is going to be able to replace that production. They're starting a QB that has a total of 19 career passes. Defense has carried Ohio thus far this season, but Georgia Southern has got a dynamic offense. I like Davis Brin. He can really sling it. He takes care of the ball. Georgia Southern wins this game easily. King, I'm going to start by saying, and I'll probably give this blurb to start next week's episode two, a condensed version. I just want to start by saying that my model, the K Ford ratings power predictive model, is not designed for bowl season accuracy necessarily. And, and so what do I mean by that? Player availability, whether it be opt-outs or transfers, coaching changes, shoot, travel logistics, motivation level for teams, None of those factors, King, are explicitly captured by my model when generating the power ratings for teams coming into this bowl season, right? The model's very accurate during the regular season. Um, they had another great year. It's up there with any of the other models that are out there. I'm very happy with the performance, but it doesn't explicitly capture any of those factors that are prevalent in bowl season. Obviously, all of those factors are incredibly important and will have a huge impact on how each of these bowl games is played and ultimately which team wins the bowl games and honestly King by how many points. So 
if you're if you have used my model and my numbers to bet college football throughout this year, and I know some people have, I get DMs and texts about it when it goes well. I get some when it goes poorly too, and my answer is always the same. Hey, thanks for using the model, appreciate it, and thanks for sharing the feedback. It's not going to change my process a whole lot, but I do appreciate when people let me know that they're using it. If you've used my model throughout the season, I am telling you, use my numbers with a huge grain of salt for non-CFP or in some instances, some of these other bowl games where maybe these factors aren't quite as prevalent. The CFP games, absolutely, my numbers are valid, I, I do believe. And if you don't have opt-outs, if you don't have coaching changes, if you don't have you know a team that's not motivated to be in the game, then my numbers are still going to be okay. But for a lot of these games, oof, man, I, I, I take my own numbers with a grain of salt. I certainly encourage others uh, to do so as well. So, King, my breakdown of each of these bowl games is likely going to be more about how were the seasons that these teams had? Did they overachieve? Did they underachieve? What are we looking at from a historical standpoint within this program? That's how I've chosen to go about bowl season here. I'm still going to give my confidence points, and we'll see how it all goes. But that's kind of what I'm planning to do for all of these. So, for this first game, for the, for Ohio, it was a mixed bag, King. I projected the Bobcats to be the favorites in the MAC East, and while they fell short of winning the division, Ohio still won 1.5 more regular season games than I projected. They were led by a defensive unit that ranked in the top 20 nationally, and this was the best Ohio team since the COVID-19 shortened season in 2020. For Georgia Southern, King, I projected a 6-6 six and six season featuring a slightly better than FBS average offense and a sub-100 defense, King. That is literally exactly who the Eagles were this season. The 2023 team was worse than last year's team in Statesboro, but better than the 2021 version. I'm going to join you on Georgia Southern. I'm going to take them for 13 confidence points. And you're right, it does sound weird saying a number higher than 10. Just so everybody knows, we have 43 bowl games to, to look at here, including the national championship and including an FCS game that's included in the ESPN picking competition. So we are using every single number. One through 43, one time over the course of these next three weeks. So, King, you and I could both get every single game right. And in a normal week, that would mean we tie. In bowl season, dude, we, someone could win by 100 points in one week if we use all the big numbers and the other person use all the small ones, right? So, we're not going to get too caught up on the scorecard after one week, but that's just an idea of what we're looking at here with these numbers. So, Kinger on Georgia Southern for 21. I am on Georgia Southern for 13. King, the next game, I just talked about it. It is the FCS Bowl game. We're going in chronological order here as listed on the ESPN app. It is the Cricket Celebration Bowl. We have Florida A&M taking on Howard, King. I've learned my lesson, Kelly. Two years ago when we picked the FCS game in this, I think I had South Carolina State at the time. I don't know. It was Jackson State. It was like a 14-point mm -hmm. favorite against South Carolina State. And I think I put Jackson State somewhere towards the top, close to 40 confidence points. They lost that game outright. So I've I've learned my lesson from that, and we are going to, from here on going forward, make sure we keep these FCS schools low. But it's a tale of two different teams here, Florida A&M, good passing offense. Howard, really good defensively, specifically in that secondary. So Florida A&M, six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they're going to be able to do enough there. Defense, Howard doesn't pose much of a threat. So I'm taking Florida A&M, and I'm taking for four conference points. Kinger, I was with you on that. I think – it was the Jackson State game. You're right. Maybe it's two years ago. I was with you. I loaded up and took it, and I said, never again. I'm going low. Last year, I went low. I think it worked out all right. King, I don't think we've got the motivation issues here. I'm not sure about transfer portal for, for, for these two teams in particular, but 
my my FCS light model likes Florida A&M by double digits in this game. And I didn't have an FCS light model a couple of years ago when we were picking games or even last year when we were picking this bowl game. So I'm going to take Florida A&M King and I'm going to take him for 27 confidence points. That's kind of where it lands this year. So we're both on Florida A&M. I'm taking for 27. Kinger is taking them for four. King, the next game, the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's Louisiana taking on Jacksonville State. Yeah, Jacksonville State, they're a three-point favorite here, over under 59. So Vegas likes this to be a high-scoring one, and I'm with them. I think I like the over in this one. I'm not sure if the defenses are going to be able to get much production in this one. Jacksonville State, run-heavy team here. They've had a rotating door of QBs this year, not a ton of great production there. But the good thing is that matches up well. Louisiana not been great against the run. Should be some opportunities for Jacksonville State in this one, but same thing on the other side. Louisiana has a good offense, over 6.3 yards per play. This year, they've battled in a lot of close games. Strongly considering betting on them as a three-point underdog in this one. I'm not sure if that defense is going to be good enough to stop and actually win this game, but I like the three points here, and I think I'm good for the confidence I'm going to take Lafayette, and I'm going to take them for five confidence points. No team improved its K-Ford rating more this season, King, than FBS newcomer Jacksonville State. The Gamecocks' power rating is 11.4 football points per game, higher now than it was in the preseason. Now, part of that can be explained by the difficulty of projecting a team transitioning from FCS to FBS, as Jacksonville State did this year. But, King, I learned a lot from James Madison in 2022 when they made that transition. And I pretty much nailed Sam Houston this year. So I don't want to take away from what Jacksonville State did. With eight wins in the regular season, that was three and a half more than I projected, making Jacksonville State the number four biggest overachiever this season. It was simply a phenomenal year. I'm excited to see if Jacksonville State can build on the success in 2024 that they experienced this year, much like James Madison did this year, building on their success of the 2022 season, their first year in the FBS ranks. I'm not sure, King, how Louisiana fans view this season, but from a numbers perspective, it was probably slightly disappointing. Despite a better-than-expected offense, the Rage and Cajuns fell nearly a full win short of my preseason realistic expectations, and they fielded their worst team since 2018. Kinger, I'm going to go Jacksonville State here. I'm going to go against you, and I'm going to take Jacksonville State for 12 confidence points. So I'm on the Gamecocks for 12. Kinger is on Louisiana for 5. King, our next game, it's the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. We've got App State playing Miami of Ohio. King, or what do you like here? This is a game I'm higher on than I feel like I should be. Mac Champs, Miami of Ohio, they're relying on that defense all year. Had a great performance to beat Toledo in the conference championship weekend. They come in having some in issues with injury and the transfer portal at the QB position, so really look for them to rely on the defense and run game once again. And this one, Miami comes into this game holding opponents under 20 points in eight of their last 10 games. They're ranked top 10 nationally in a scoring defense. It's a tough challenge, though, versus a good App State offense. Joey Aguilar, their quarterback, set a school record this year in passing yards, third nationally with 33 touchdowns. I think App State is the more complete team here. I do lead them to win this game. That six points is tempting. But Ohio, that defense, you never count them out with that. It is good. They're really good against the run. They've had the run game on offense trending in the right direction. So App State maybe a little higher than I like, but I have them for 24 confidence points. 
What a season in Oxford, King. The Redhawks won the MAC for just the second time since 2010. Uh, they won 2.8 more regular season games than I projected. That makes Miami the number 12 biggest overachiever this year by my numbers. Led by a top 20 defense. You talked about that top 20 defense nationally. This was the best Miami team, King, in my power rating set since 2005. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger had just left campus by 2005. That's how long ago it was that Miami has been this good from a power rating perspective. King, I had tempered expectations for App State this year, and the Mountaineers exceeded those expectations by winning one more game than I projected and ultimately winning the East Division in the Sunbelt Conference. But from a power rating perspective, this was the worst team in Boone since 2014 by my numbers, King. No matter, I am taking App State in this game, and I'm taking them for 28 confidence points. So Kinger and I both on the App State Mountaineers, I'm taking them for 28. Kinger taking them for 24. King, this next game, I'm probably going to mess it up. It's the Isleta New Mexico Bowl. Hope I got the sponsor right. If I didn't, eh, I really don't care, actually. It's Fresno State King taking on New Mexico State. Hey, man, listen, I feel like in the past I was trying to get the sponsors right. You know, I, I work in college athletics, and I know what it's like as we try to procure sponsors, you know, for our basketball championship or some of, some of the events that we're putting on throughout the year. So I know how important it is to try to get sponsors right. And that's not specific to college athletics. I don't know why I put that in there. I know what it's like to try to get sponsors the recognition that they've paid for. I've also, though, King, this season, as I'm, you know, trying to grow the K Ford Ratings brand, trying to trying to grow the We Hit Your Team brand, and we're now starting to get some some sponsors on board. We're, we're trying to get partnered up with people. We're trying to get paid for what we're doing and all the time that we're putting into things. I've also realized if they're not paying us, I'm really not going to give them the credit. So I'll say it because it's it's right here in front of me. But if I mess it up in pre previous years, King, that would have eaten me up. I really don't care because guess what? Isleta's not, Isleta, Isleta, they're not paying us to say their name. I've probably given them too much respect already. King, it's Fresno, it's Fresno State at New Mexico State. Who you like here? You've said all that needs to be said on that, Kelly, but respect where it's, give some respect where it's deserved here. And Jerry Kill, he's done a heck of a job here for New Mexico State. 10 wins for this program needs to be celebrated. They battled Liberty in the conference championship a couple weeks ago. They come into this with some momentum. And I think they continue to ride this week. I think they get the job done versus Fresno State. Conference USA Player of the Year, Diego Pavia, their quarterback, is trending to play in this one. That's really what I'm looking at in this game. If he plays, this is going to be an all-over New Mexico State play. If he does not, then we're going to have to reevaluate here. But only part of the offense that New Mexico State's missing really at this point is their, one of their top wide receivers. Fresno going to be without their head coach, Jeff Tedford. Offense has really been inconsistent as of late. So I think this is a good spot in New Mexico State, especially if Pavia plays. I'm probably going to bet them if he does. So give me New Mexico State and give me him for 17 confidence points. King, you could make a case for Jerry Kill as national coach of the year. New Mexico State's power rating improved 10.3 points since the preseason. That's number three nationally for me out of 133 FBS teams. The Aggies won 10 regular season games. That's 4.2 more than my preseason realistic expectations projected. That's number one nationally on my overachievers list. So, yes, New Mexico State did play 13 regular season games. They had the conference championship. That's 14. Kinger, this is their bowl game. It's 15. New Mexico State's playing 15 games. They usually don't see that unless the team's playing in the national championship game. Of course, they played Hawaii, which gave them that exception in the regular season. But, King, it doesn't matter how many games they played. My preseason realistic expectations are trying to project your number of wins. And so regardless of 12, 13, whatever it is, I had projected X number of wins. New Mexico State exceeded that by 4.2. No team exceeded my realistic preseason expectation win-loss uh, projection more than New Mexico State. Simply incredible. This offense and defense were both projected to be sub-100 in the preseason by my numbers. 
They both finished 70 or better, King. This was the best New Mexico State team since 2002, by my numbers, more than 20 years. What a year in Las Cruces. And listen, Jerry Kill, his, he's been in a couple of different places. He kind of wins no matter where he is, and he has turned it around at New Mexico State. Kinger, last week, when we or two weeks ago now, we were talking about uh, this, this conference championship game. You mentioned, like, when we started this podcast in 2021, we were dogging on New Mexico State because it's like, hey, I don't care, you know, how bad a team – like, USC was having a bad year that year. I think they ended, like, 4-8 or something like that. And we were like, oh, at least they're not New Mexico State down there at the bottom of the <laughs> FBS, right? Like, like, New Mexico State was a team we talked about. Like, man – the progress they have made, I'm telling you, give some love to Jerry Kill because what he has done, uh, again, at a new place here at New Mexico State, it's just, man, I'm just really, really impressed. Fresno State fans, uh, they have to be disappointed with how the season ended. Three straight losses in games in which my numbers favored the Bulldogs. Like, that's tough. But even so, Fresno State matched my preseason expectations going 8-4 and because they got off to that great start uh, to, to begin the year. However, my numbers did have Fresno State with a 36% chance to make the Mountain West Championship game. That was second best in the conference, just ahead of Air Force's 35%. So talk about two teams that fell off down the stretch there. All in all, I understand the frustration that Bulldog fans probably are feeling uh, as this season came to a close. Uh, and this was the worst Fresno team since the 2020 COVID-19 disrupted season, King. I'm taking New Mexico State, and I'm taking them for a similar number to you. Give me the Aggies for 16. So I'm on the Aggies for 16. Kinger on New Mexico State for 17. King, I made a big deal coming into this game about that sponsor. And we're halfway through here, and it occurred to me, we have a sponsor, and we should probably give them some love since I've given some love uh, unnecessarily to some of these bowl teams. So, King, the weather's getting cold. It's bowl season. It's holiday time, Christmas, whatever holiday it is that you celebrate. It's a very popular gift-giving time. King, you've got some friends who can hook you up with a very nice gift. If someone's looking for some apparel, where can they go? We absolutely got to give our sponsor Homefield the proper shout out here, Kelly. Only a couple more weeks weeks to run this promotion. Holiday season's winding down. Really the last opportunity to potentially get some your loved ones, friends, and family some gifts here. So be sure to take advantage of this promotion. First-time users using com using promo code Variety Sports get 15% off their order. Again, go check out Homefield Apparel, premium vintage quality college apparel, and take advantage of that discount code while you still can. Check it out over there at Home Field Apparel. Also, King, I do have to mention, I've been starting to get some DMs. I'm starting to get some texts. The K Ford Ratings merchandise that was ordered uh, right, right when we started, it is out there. It has been delivered to folks. Uh, it's been cool to see people wearing it, see people post about it, and to be receiving some messages. It's going all over the country. It's been very fun to track. So I do appreciate everybody who has supported uh, the K Ford Ratings brand. And if you are interested in purchasing some K Ford Ratings merchandise, you can find that on the website, K fordratings.com so thank you in advance for your consideration and thanks to everybody who has already purchased it means a lot kinger the next game that we have here it's the starco brands la bowl and we actually have an la team in this one ucla taking on boise state in this in this bowl game you think the ucla fans are going to pack this one more so than the regular season kelly <laughs> no way not a chance, but Boise State really came back from the grave this last month of the season. They finished the season 4-0, added another Mountain West championship to their resume. They fired head coach Andy Avalos through, halfway through the season. I think it was actually four or five games in the season. Team rallied around interim head coach Spencer Danielson, who now got the full-time job. But interesting quarterback matchup here. Bruins have dealt with issues at the position all year. And now Taylor Green, the star quarterback for Boise State, he entered the transfer portal, and he is now on his way to Arkansas. 
No Laitu Latu on defense for the UCLA Bruins. He's getting ready for the NFL. He will be a sure-fired first-rounder. But I still like UCLA's defense here. They've been really good at producing pressure. They've been good against the run this year, and I'm just not sure we're going to get enough offensively from Boise State. Anticipate this to be a low-scoring one, but I like the Bruins to grind it out in this one. And I have UCLA for 22 confidence points. I'm slightly disappointed as a Fresno State fan, as I talked about in the last game, despite meeting preseason expectations. I'm absolutely thrilled as a Boise State fan, despite falling short of preseason expectations. Yes, I did project Boise State to win the conference, but King, I did not think it would go down the way it did, firing your coach, uh, coming out hot to end the year here on a great streak, winning the conference championship on the road at UNLV. This team won a full game less than I projected, but still managed to improve its power rating by a point over the course of the season. It's always interesting to for me, King, to see the small subset of teams that do that, that either fall short by a game plus of my preseason realistic expectation win total, but improve their power rating, or the inverse, teams that you know exceed their regular season win total by a game plus, but their power rating falls over the course of the year. It's always interesting to try to identify how and why that happened. Uh, oftentimes it comes down to the opponents of that team simply overachieved relative to what we expected or or fell short of their expectations. And that can go a long way in making the difference. As an added plus, this Boise team was actually better, King, than the 2022 team. So I know it was kind of tumultuous here this year, but the underlying numbers suggest that this program might actually be trending in the right direction. So we will see. I'm very curious to see what Boise State looks like in 2024. Um, you know, are, are they going to become a bigger player on the West Coast, you know, out West with the demise of the Pac-12. I understand that, you know, Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA, Cal, Stanford, like all these programs that are out there, they're still playing Power 5, Power 4 football. But without the presence of the Pac-12, I'm curious to see, can Mountain West schools have a larger presence on that side of the country? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I'm certainly going to be keeping an eye on that. Speaking of one of those programs, King, UCLA, coming into the year, we were talking about a favorable schedule and a really good offense. If the defense could surprise some people, we kind of said, or, or I said, UCLA might be able to make a run to Las Vegas. Well, the defense did surprise some people, King, but so did the offense, and the offensive surprise was not in a good way. Get this for Symmetry, King. In the preseason, I projected the Bruin offense number 13 and the defense number 66. Current rankings, as of right now, this moment, the Bruin defense is number 13, and the offense is number 66. Very interesting and also very, very, interesting very, very strange, King. I mean, I nailed these unit ranks, dude. Like, literally, I nailed them. I just inverted the two units, so not a very good look, actually, as it turns out. But I, I've never seen something like that where I've had just the inverse happen between the two units from beginning of season to end. Very interesting. Overall, it was a disappointing year for a UCLA team that won one fewer game than expected and whose power rating fell a full point from preseason to current. This was the worst UCLA team, King, since the 2020 COVID season. I've said that a couple times now, but again, no matter. I am taking UCLA in this game, and I'm taking them for 18 confidence points. So we're both on UCLA. King are for 22. I'm on the Bruins for 18. King, this next game, it's the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, and it's Texas Tech going up against Cal. 
This is bet number two for me this week, Kelly. Texas Tech is laying three over under 58, and I am going to take the Red Raiders here. I like Texas Tech in this spot. Texas Tech had a little bit of a disappointing season for what they were hoping for, but I think this is a good match for them because Cal has a bad defense, particularly against the run. 109 total defense this year. I think that's going to cause some problems this year for a Texas Tech team that has a strong offensive line. They got a running back in Taz Brooks. who's at over 1,300 yards on the ground this year. Unless Cal can find some life in the passing game, I think Texas Tech does have enough defensively to win this matchup. They're going to likely end up starting freshman quarterback Fernando Mendoza. Not a lot of experience there from him. He's done all right in the fill-in role, but he's definitely limited with what he can do through the air. Definitely more of a ground-first type player. Cal had some bad showings versus quality opponents this year. Texas Tech is a play that I really like. Red Raiders are going to win this one. I only got Texas Tech for 15, though. That doesn't sound right. So we're rolling with that for now. <laughs> I love it, King. Texas Tech, they were a trendy dark horse pick in the Big 12 in the preseason. And while I only had Texas Tech fifth in my projected Big 12 standings, I did think from a power rating perspective that this could be the best team in Lubbock in more than a decade. Instead, King, the Red Raiders fell nearly a win and a half short of expectations and their power rating fell almost four points, both ranking around number 100 nationally on those respective lists. While it was a disappointing year for Texas Tech, Cal won one more game than my preseason realistic expectations projected, and this was the best team in Berkeley since 2015, King. Give me Texas Tech. I'm going to take them for six confidence points here, so we are both on the Red Raiders. Kingers at 15, for now at least, and I'm taking Texas Tech for six. King, our next bowl, it's the famous Toastery Bowl. It's Old Dominion and Western Kentucky. Well, Kelly, I saw the name of this bowl, and I said... Where the hell did this come from? But this is actually the Bahamas Bowl replacement. I didn't know this, but the stadium down in the Bahamas is undergoing some reconstruction right now. We'll be back in play in 2024, so I'm happy that we will get that bowl back. But famous Toastery Bowl, that's a solid fill-in for the meantime. Two different opposing styles here, Old Dominion with a better defense, Western Kentucky definitely with the more electric offense in this one. Western Kentucky fans thought they would probably get a little bit more out of this season, a little bit more out of Austin Reed and that offense based on the numbers he put up in 2022, coming back off the ACL surgery. Didn't quite get to that point this year. Western Kentucky does not have a great defense, but if they can find a way to slow down this run game for Old Dominion, I do think this is one that they can win outright. So I think they've got too much offensive firepower here. I like the weapons for them. So I'm taking the Hilltoppers as a two and a half point underdog outright to win this game for two. Okay, King, I like that. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite way here. I'm going to take Old Dominion. I'm going to take them for seven confidence points. So we're on the opposite side here for just the second time on this episode. King, Western Kentucky, for me, uh, really disappointing season. They were number 87 in my uh, how did your rating either improve or regress. They're down 2.3 points from preseason. That's number 87 nationally. With regard to win-loss expectations, they won uh, one and a half fewer games than expected. That's number 102 nationally. And this is the worst team for Western since the 2020 COVID season. Old Dominion, though, they had a really good season relative to expectations. Their power rating up four points. That puts them in the top 30 of that list. They won two and a half more games than expected. That puts them in the top 20 of that list and this is the best old dominion team since 2016 so give me old dominion for seven confidence points i'm on the monarchs for seven kinger on the hilltoppers for two king this next one it's the scooters coffee frisco bowl it is marshall and utsa final collegiate game for frank harris kelly are we sure like can we can we get a confirmation that he's actually going to be done because king he's been playing since you and i were at purdue uh 2017 so close. So a couple of years. You were you were at Ohio. You were in grad school. But I do believe he is out of eligibility. I think this will be his final career <laughs> game. 
And what the end of an era for Frank Harris and UTSA. UTSA have you favor here. A lot of it has to do with this offense, as well as Marshall starting quarterback Cam Fancher entering the transfer portal. So the Reigns are going to Cole Pennington, the son of Marshall and Jets legend Chad Pennington. He's going to get the start for the Thundering Herd. And this Vegas line has moved pretty considerably since this news. Marshall does have a decent defense here, but they do struggle against the run. Definitely not the same unit that they had in 2022. So I don't think they can score with UTSA here. I'm taking the Roadrunners high. I got them for 38 confidence points. I'm right there with you. I'm taking UTSA for 39 confidence points. Um, UTSA, you know, kind of a run-of-the-mill season in terms of expectations. And, yes, it, you know, having Frank Harris in his seventh year of college football certainly helps a team uh, when you have that stability at quarterback. They were in that race in the American Conference uh, all the way down to the end of the year. Uh, so it, it was a, a year that we expected, but from a power rating standpoint, this team was the worst UTSA team that we've seen since the COVID year 2020. Um, for Marshall King, it was a disappointing year. Uh, they they finished, you know, four and a half points worse than the power ratings. That's number 107 nationally. They won one game fewer than I expected. That's number 93 nationally. And this was the worst Marshall team since 2016. Just not a good year for Marshall. The news you mentioned here with the, the player availability and certainly not doing them any favors. I'm going big too, Kinger. I'm taking UTSA for 39. So we're both on the road runners and we're both very confident. Kinger with 38. I'm on them for 39. King, this next game is the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. It is Syracuse and USF. Love me the Boca Raton Bowl. South Florida, this is an interesting team here. They score a ton of points, but they also let up a ton of points. They average over 30 points per game on the season, but also gave up over 30 points per game. So this Q's defense, they've shown some flashes this year, but this unit has had their fair share of struggles, and they've struggled particularly in that secondary, allowing some big passing games. Byron Brown, solid quarterback option for the Bulls. I do think they're going to be able to take care, take advantage of that matchup versus that Syracuse offense. And I really think a lot, just like the quarterback situation is important in all these games, a lot rests on the shoulders of Syracuse quarterback Garrett Schrader and if he's going to suit up. Dual threat guy that does have the ability to push the ball down the field. USF defense has been awful at preventing big plays. Offense has had a ton of success with the explosive plays particularly on the ground. If Schrader plays, I think Hughes finds a way to win this one pretty handily. I think they have the physicality advantage to this one. I think that's going to bode well for them. That's going to be important this in this game. So give me Syracuse and give me them for 19 confidence points. In this game, I'm looking here at my notes. Syracuse, disappointing year. Power rating down three and a half points. That's number 97 nationally. They won about one fewer game than we expected. Puts them number 81 nationally. Um, a, a, a worse team than last year in Syracuse, but a better team than the 2021 year for USF. You know, they're one of these interesting teams. Their power rating actually fell about a point um, down to number 72 nationally on that list, but they won 1.3 more games than we expected. So in terms of overachievers with win loss as the, as the barometer, they're number 36 in the country by that metric. So that's one of those teams that I'll be looking more into to see, you know, why did our power rating go down, but we exceeded our win loss expectations. It's always fun. This team was better than last year's team, but, but worse than the 2021 team. So both USF and Syracuse kind of within their recent historical averages from a power rating standpoint. Give me Syracuse for 11 confidence points. We are both on the orange Kinger for 19. I'm on them for 11. Our final game of this episode, King, it's a long one. It is the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, UCF taking on Georgia Tech. 
Fun matchup here, Kelly. Looking forward to this one. Two teams that seem to be pretty evenly matched. They both can really run the football well. Both teams come in ranked top 16 nationally running the football. They've got some good running backs featured in this game. Jamal Haynes for Georgia Tech, R.J. Harvard for UCF, John Rice Plumley. Quarterback for the Knights can be thrown in that mix as well as he does bring that dual threat option to the game. And the over-under here sitting at 64 and a half. Tells us Vegas can expect some points in this one, and so do I. Neither team really has a great defense. Both come in ranked sub-120 against the run. And I think this is really what I'm going to focus on in this game. Haynes King has given a boost to that Georgia Tech offense at the quarterback position. But I think I like the explosiveness from UCF too much in this one. UCF secondary is also not bad either. They have the number one ranked passing defense in the Big 12. So I like that matchup for them to be able to limit King a little bit. And I just don't think the same is going to be able to be set for Georgia Tech. I think UCF is going to be able to run the ball. I like the dual threat with Plummy, like I said. So I'm taking UCF pretty confidently in this one. I got him for 26. I'm going to join you, King, on UCF. I'll take them for 21 confidence points. UCF is a disappointing year from a win-loss perspective. Uh, about one and a half fewer wins than we projected. This was the best team, though, uh, in Orlando since the 2020 COVID season. For Georgia Tech, all around, really, really good year. Number 27 on my uh, pre or my list of teams in the rating differential, 4.4 points better now than they were in the preseason. And they won one and a half more games than we expected. That ranks number 33 nationally. So really, really good year for Georgia Tech. Interested to see, can they continue to build on that in the ACC? I'm kind of just curious, King, what the ACC is going to look like in the short and long term. I think long, long term, the ACC might cease to exist in the you know short term, meaning the next 10, 15 years. How does it all shake out? Georgia Tech maybe staking their claim to be a little bit of a player here uh, moving forward because this was the best team in Atlanta since 2018. Give me UCF in this game. I'm going to take them for 21 points. But Georgia Tech, uh, they're going to be my upset pick in my uh, my pick'em competition that I'm doing, the upset pick competition that I'm doing with Mark Ryan on, uh, on radio down there in South Carolina. He's looking for one game pre-bowl, one game post-bowl. With the help of Brett Gibbons, I have identified UCF and Georgia Tech here. Georgia Tech plus, I think it's four and a half, maybe be the upset pick um, that we feel good about prior to the Christmas holiday. So if you're interested in maybe an, ups or an underdog that has a good chance to win, Brett Gibbons would suggest that Georgia Tech might have some value there. I'm riding with Brett. But for our pick'em king, give me UCF, 21 confidence points. You are on the night for 26. King, that's 11 bowl games. It gets us through next Friday. Uh, and we'll be back next week with 21. So we're really going to be getting into it. But final thoughts here, King, on the week one bowls lineup. We got 11 games on tap. Ready for the madness to begin. Like I said, two bets locked in already. Georgia Southern minus three, Texas Tech minus three. I anticipate that card to expand as we approach the weekend and get some more clarity around who will be playing and who won't be playing. But time to sit back, buckle in, and enjoy it, Kelly. It's, it's a good run. We got good time of year and ready to get some college football back on the screen. Enjoy it is right. Bowl season is always fun. We get craziness every single year in bowl season, and I expect we will get some more this season. So until next time, this has been the We Hate Your Team podcast, a proud member of the BSN Collegiate Network. Enjoy week one of the 2023 bowl season.